Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug from The Church Next Door with Pastor Doyle Jackson. How are you, Pastor Doyle? I'm terrific. I'm really excited about today. We have a special guest today. We do. We do. I mean, it's... uh, So our guest today is familiar to Christian radio. If you've been listening to Christian radio for a while, and the moment you hear his voice, you're going to be like, oh, I know that voice. And... You're going to hear it, and you automatically are going to feel calmer. You're going to feel uh, energized because his voice is just famous. He's He's got a radio voice. He does. I've got a radio face. He has a radio voice. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about myself, not there about you. you but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I... I but uh, so this year, Jennifer and I had the privilege of going to Colorado Springs. Uh, she was asked to speak to... Uh, women in ministry there. And uh, while we were there, we got to visit Focus on the Family. And we got the the tour. They they took us and showed us the whole place. It is amazing. Everything that we got to see uh, where they record everything for Adventures in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And we heard testimonies about kids that come that um, have a real have a real need in their life and and how that ministers to them. And then we got to sit down and we got to record an interview with John Fuller. So what's his role there? At so Focus he's a family? host of the Focus on the Family radio program every day. And so he and John Daly, they record the intros like you and I are right now, introing mm-hmm. a conversation they have with someone. And he was willing to sit down and talk to Jennifer and I. And uh, we tried to find out... The backstory. We wanted to know about John Fuller, because you hear his voice, but you don't always get to find out about his life, his family, and what God is doing. And um, it was a little awkward at first, because I'll be honest with you, I, you know, he's he's the one in charge all the time. And now, here I am, I'm trying to be in charge of interviewing him and getting him to let down his guard and tell us uh, what God's doing in his life and everything. And so it was a lot of fun. So you poked around a little bit, but eventually he opened up. He tells a story in here about uh, his interactions with a local church. Yeah, that's that's what... It seemed, it's interesting, you know, it was like God, in, in my opinion, okay, God opened up his heart in this conversation, mm-hmm. and he began to let down his guard and share how how God had used the local church in his life when he had a need. And, and sometimes when you're at the front of the room, like he is and you and I are, mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard to sometimes uh, see what you know how we can be a part of what God is doing because we don't want we don't want to be a distraction to the rest of the people. Right. And um, as we were talking, you know, we shared about the years of ministry that Jennifer and I have done in the local church, and he shares this amazing story about how the church really loved his family and helped him in a hard place. And so 
I think if you've been reluctant to be a part of the local church, and a lot of us are, you know, we have hurts from those experiences. And I think John alluded to some of that too. And and but he 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 stepped into the local church and God met his family and helped him through in a difficult time. And there is an authority that comes when we are a part of the local church, because that's what Jesus said. Well, he had to work at it a couple of times, though. It didn't happen automatically, right? I oh, mean, no, no. There's trial and error. Well, I think that's the biggest deal, is that we don't realize that to, to be a part of the local church, it takes effort on our part. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to show up, we have to serve, we have to build relationships with people. Sometimes it might not work out. It's not exactly pu- plug and play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, everybody tells you you're going to get a new phone, and it's automatically going to transfer over, and everything's going to be fine. Well, guess what? Going to a new church, <laughs> it's not that easy either. There's always there's there's always some apps that don't exactly fit in properly, right. and you've got to right. reload them. Well, in terms of relationships, you've got to reload. You've got to uh, take that time. And so I pray that if you're listening today and you don't have a local church, that you'll get plugged into one. Uh, I, I would hope that you would try the church next door since you're listening to us, but uh, we may not be that close to you. We understand sure. that. Sure. Here we go. Interview with John Fuller. What was it like growing up John Fuller? Uh, well, I was a kid that just was not the smartest uh, person in the room, but I was a firstborn, so I always did the right thing. Ah, uh-huh, yes. And uh, a family of four kids, parents still married. They've been married 65 years. Wonderful. And uh, they're people of faith, not um, integrated necessarily on a big day-to-day basis, but very, very um, devout and yeah. a good moral framework. So I, I led fortunately, a pretty uneventful life. I mean, I did some stupid things, but nothing big. And I used to, when I first came to Jesus, I thought, I need a a more bold testimony. You know, I want to be the person that did drugs, and now I'm saved. I understand that. I (laughs) I I felt like a second-class person, because I grew up in a pretty good, intact family, and I was a pretty good kid. I was still a sinner. I still needed Jesus. That's right. But growing up um, was good in the Midwest. It It was a good childhood, and I'm still uh, very thankful for all that. I ask people this question all the time. If you could have a do-over, meaning like there was a day or a a season in your life that was really good, and you could go back and just experience that a little bit again, what would that be? Uh, It would be my high school years after I first came to faith, because this crowd of high schoolers that welcomed me into the Youth for Christ group, Mm. they loved on me, they accepted me. I was I was very indistinguishable. I was not a jock. I was not a, a super smart person. I was an average high school student, struggling, insecure. Yeah. They welcomed me. I used and, to pray to be average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get up yeah, to that level yeah. is what I mean. I mean, by average, we're talking C's. So <laughs> oh. I I just I I one day woke up and and thought, what is it that they have? Yeah. And it was the love of God. And and I soon thereafter um, made a decision to follow Jesus. So that was a really rich, wonderful time. High yes. school was hard. Yes. But that last year, year and a half, I still am friends with some of those people. We're it's the Christian community. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the foundation of the people that built into my life then is solid and, yeah. and secure. I'm thankful to God for them. And I still get to be in touch with them. That's cool. Do you think because you had stable parents, you were one of four kids that motivated you to have six children? No, that did. I was not motivated to have six children, Jennifer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> sounds sounds beautiful. I thought we were talking four, and then we had five, and then my wife said, "Well, I think God wants us to be involved with orphans." And I said, "Great, go hold orphans oh, wow. in Romania. We have a friend oh. over there." And she came back to me a few weeks later and said, "I'm still praying, and I think God wants us to do more than me just go hold orphans." Yeah. And in my arrogance. I said, okay, well, that's fine. We can have another one. We can adopt one. That's that's good. Wow. I mean, I worked at Focus. I know about the need, right? So let sure, let's adopt. So and how hard can it be? Oh, oh no. how exactly, has this Jennifer, changed your exactly. life? Exactly. And God just chuckled. He said, ah, oh, this next one, John's going to help you. You're going to hate the process, but I'm going to help you reorient everything, and I'm going to show more of me than you thought possible in the day to day. And so that sixth child has rocked our world. Mm. He's 20 uh, uh, very soon here, and uh, he has some special needs. Yeah. He's been a special gift, oh. and it's a good. we're in a good spot after some really hard, struggling years. But God really did rock my world. I mean, he, know, he I tested focus. your focus. I know parenting. I've done five. I had to let go of so much and relearn and just lean into. Actually, I just have to remember God loves this child more than me, and i got to love this child somehow like God loves them. That's and, right. And I can't do that in my own power very well at all. I really, really stink at that. So I just, I've learned to lean in, pray, take a breath, failure after failure after failure, and just keep showing up because I'm their dad, like it or not. Do you think these children teach us to reflect God uh, or God's in the teaching of us as we parent? Uh, I, I certainly think that it's been a, a, a full two-way street where I've taught them they have been tools in God's hand and remain so, even as adults. I love my kids. Adult kids are harder because the stakes are higher. Yeah. And they make their own choices. Yes. And I got to, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done that, but okay. Yeah. I got to just accept that. And they have to live their story, and their story's not done yet. Yeah. And so I'm still showing up because I'm only, I'm the only dad they have. I mean, at one point, our adopted son was saying, "Well, I'm going to get out of this family. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to unadopt me." And it's like, you can't. You're yeah. stuck with me, dude. That's right. You don't like right. me right now, but I'm it. And even if you reject my last name and reject me, I still love you. That's right. Because, because especially uh, kids from trauma, they they have a lot of trust issues. And so I just had to give them that choice of, yeah, I can't make you anything. Yeah. But I can love you, and you can't stop me. So That's what do you wonderful. think are the, the biggest surprises from your children? What did they teach you the most? Unfortunately, Jennifer, things like my selfishness, uh, my rigidity in my thinking, um, my desire to have an outcome, um, my own emotional insecurities and inadequacies. Uh, you know, my life was not idyllic growing up. We had some issues in the family. We had some emotional avoidance uh, that I've equipped my kids with. And I've said, you know, the good thing is you can move on from relationships. Yeah. The bad thing is you kind of avoid emotional attachments. So I've learned a, a ton. Mm -hmm. And it helps to work at Focus because I get to hang around a lot of smart people yes. who know a lot of good stuff. And I seem to be a, a silent uh, counselee at the table for so many of the interviews that we do at That's Focus. right. You're always, a, I find I'm always a pastor no matter where I am. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because you don't, you don't get away from that. So thank you for listening today. We're uh, talking with John Fuller from Focus on the Family. We've been talking about family and just uh, your family, but maybe we'll pivot right now sure. and, and tell us what are you learning at Focus right now about the families in America? Like maybe what are the big questions you guys are getting? Mm-hmm. And then what do you see as the greatest issue facing families in our world today? The, the greatest single issue in my mind, and as I read the scriptures and as I understand what's going on, is the spiritual battle, the enemy. The enemy of our souls doesn't like the image of God. Yes. He's no longer in God's presence. He's free on this earth to do what he wishes. He wishes to destroy God's image bearers. He does that you know, through abortion. He does that through divisiveness and broken families. Mm-hmm. And he does it with great effect because where the family breaks down, there's more poverty, there's more uh, behavioral issues for kids. There's just, there are so many negative indicators and so many positive reasons to try to keep families together. Not because we know how to do it perfectly, but because there's a security, there's a safety, and there's a, an image of God's hand when we do it well. So to the extent we can, we live authentically, and we understand that there's a spiritual element to family that we had better pay attention to. So you got to know the enemy and name him and start working against him. And that doesn't mean, hey, let's stay together just to show the devil. No, it's because God has something better. But the culture certainly isn't, the government's not supporting families no, anymore. No, The culture isn't supporting families anymore. The entertainment industry is, I mean, it's bad to be in a traditional nuclear family. I mean, you wouldn't want people not lying and, you know, being honorable and being kind. What we try to teach in our families, usually families try to teach that stuff. They don't teach bad behaviors. Most of us want our kids to learn good. So it's a spiritual issue at the heart. And then it's the whole of, of the culture. And I, I don't want to point all externally. It's a lot of apathy. You yeah. know, I, I, I got married and had kids. I didn't know what I was doing. There, I mean, there, I listened to Focus on the Family and I read books, but it's yes. hard to implement yes. good, authentic Christian living in the family because there's just something about the dynamics there, you know. My, my spouse brings out things in me. My kids bring things out. And, and I can lean in and learn, or I can just say whatever and walk away. Yeah. So those are some quick answers to a huge problem. We could spend all day talking about That's this. right. That's right. Well, and I think the local church, um, I think we've—I'll speak for the church's side of it. I think the local church at times has failed to show up the way we needed to mm-hmm. over the past years. We've, we keep trying to be liked by our culture. And because of that, we've given families signals that our culture is healthy. And, um, you know, we come into this world as sinners. And the society at large is into sinning. And we're a, we're a countercultural movement, the church mm-hmm. is, if yeah. that's if that's what culture is about. And yeah. so that's why we've needed focus on the family. I want you to know it's been a huge help to us and so many families around the country mm. over the years. And I, I so appreciate just you guys standing there in the gap and helping. But now I've been in, in the church for 30 years and I've been trying to stand in the gap on the local level, you know, encouraging people to follow the biblical way. Mm-hmm. And um, when I look around the country, I, um, 
I don't, I have to be honest, I know I probably haven't done the best job in the local church, but uh, I've certainly laid down my life hmm. for the kingdom and the sheep, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's what people don't understand about the local church and the need for the families. It, the church is important to that. Can I share a quick sure, story? This sure. I, I'm going to brag on our little church. We've been part of a church community for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's had ups and downs. It's grown. It's shrunk. Um, we've been plugged into a small group for 20 years, yeah. 20 plus years. In the early days, after we adopted our son, we had this routine. My wife would take the kids to church uh, for Sunday school, and then she would come home between Sunday school and the service, and I'd hand her our son, and I'd go to church and then bring the kids home. So we tag-teamed it because he mm-hmm. couldn't, he just couldn't go into the nursery. And then he reached an age where it's like, okay, he's, he's two-something, so let's take him to church. And uh, he screamed bloody murder. Wow. Now we've we've heard time. that. Yeah. We we heard it all the way in Ohio. No, <laughs> we've yeah, heard that with awful. kids. Well, he had attachment issues. He yes. was traumatized. That's right. And this is another traumatic situation. And the only person I sort of know is leaving. That's so, right. I mean, I, I understand it. It's logical. But I wept because mm. it's like, I guess I can't be part of church anymore. And this church surrounded us, and they mm. welcomed us. Um, I mean, we'd been there, so it wasn't yeah. welcoming us. But they, uh, Jennifer was the name of the gal who ran the nursery. She was young and sharp, and she was not going to say no. She said, let me try something. So we got to church the next week, and she said, here, I'll take him. And she just held our son the whole time. And he yep. screamed a lot, but the, he eventually learned to calm down. He integrated but it wasn't without challenges. So fast nope. forward now, he's fourth grade and I'm in the service and they get my they get my attention from the aisle and they call me back and it's like, um, he ran off. <laughs> okay, so what happened? Well, substitute teacher, he was acting out, put your kid in the, in the corner, kid didn't like it, called him some really bad names and oh. ran out. Oh, wow. So I went outside, where is he? I finally found him kind of calmed him down, walked hand in hand for about 20 minutes. And just as church is getting out, something tripped and he went all nuts on me. He just went crazy, mm. raging at me. And he started hitting me and yelling at me and screaming. And I, I kind of just sat down, I crumpled and held him. And he was whispering just the most awful things mm. in my ear. Meanwhile, the church is out and people are walking by. There's not one gawker. There's not one person looking at me saying, what's up with you? They just accepted. And That's they right. Moved, and, and the next week, I'm talking to the pastor's wife, and I said, what happened last week? And she said, oh, that substitute teacher, he shouldn't have been doing that. You're fine. That was grace mm-hmm. to a family with a challenge. That's yes. right. That's the power of a strong local church that says, That's right. we aren't perfect. We aren't perfect families here. We don't expect your family to be perfect. We know you. We love you. We're sorry for what happened. Now, I'm not saying this because nobody came up and said, how can I help? They, they didn't need to do that. I had it. I just had a boy that was raging. That's right. He had but a, that was such a beautiful demonstration to me of God's grace. That's right. At the local church level. So look around. Take the hard kids. That's right. We actually have somebody at That's the church good. that has brought children, unchurched kids from single or, or no adult homes, and he brings them to the church, and it's messy, and it, it kind of messes up with your, your vibe, 
but it's really good. It's yeah. holy. Those holy moments are the messiest. That's right. So we've thank done you that for your commitment. To we've the done that for thirty years of our life, and it's 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 an important part of the kingdom. Yeah. And the world needs that right now. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ in a real group of people and in a real place, lived out in a safe, inviting, authentic right. way. Because I am, you know, I mean, if Paul could say, "I'm chiefest of sinners," mm-hmm. didn't Paul say that? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'm right there close to him. Yeah, but. Let me let Jesus love through me. Yeah. Well, and as a family, you also chose, we're going to choose church. You had to make a decision to choose church as well in that process. Yeah. And I think choosing the Bible, choosing church again and again is what we need in America. It will help us so much if we'll make that decision. We do have choices to lean into and to have our minds renewed by God's Word and to, to live in authentic community as they did in the book of Acts. We're yeah. going through the book of Acts in our Sunday school class. It's really challenging because it's like, wow, they really lived it, didn't they? Their lives were on the line every day. I think there are days coming for us to prove that, that actually this Jesus I talk about is more than hypothetical. Yeah. I know him, and I know he said, you're going to suffer for me. Take heart. I'm with you. My spirit's with you. And ultimately, that's going to shine the light on God, even in hard times, or maybe especially in hard times. That's right. We were looking at Acts recently, and we were looking at how many times they were lied about by... By the Jews, Mm -hmm. by the local authorities, by the the politicians, and it didn't, the church didn't stop. They didn't stop sharing the gospel. They didn't get quiet. They said, no, this is our opportunity to shine. And and that's what I see. We get to we get to be a real contrast in this season. We are excited about what God has opened the doors for. So Yeah. We are too at Focus on the Family. We're trying our best to equip people to live authentically for Christ, strong, confident, not confrontational, although there is room for that, biblically confrontational. But we want to love people well right in our own neighborhoods, starting in our own family, but then in our neighborhoods and in our communities. And if we do that, I think there's great hope for the coming days. That's right. What a great time we've had together. Thank you. This has been a great time with John Fuller today. I want to ask you to do one more thing. Would you pray for us today? Mm. Pray for families as we close today and just uh, go before the Lord on behalf of families. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we want to just uh, walk in, Doyle and Jennifer and me, uh, into your throne room and just thank you. You had a plan and it is baffling how you take opposites and bring us together and you say that's a sacred, holy relationship in marriage. And then you bring kids, you bless through the world. I, I think of the Abrahamic covenant, that covenant where you said, I want you to multiply and bless the world. And so we thank you for the purpose of families. We thank you that you're in the mess. You're in the strife and conflict because your spirit can guide us to a better way and we can live out in healthy relationship and love the world more effectively. I I pray for every family that's listening, every family member that's listening. Um, Would you speak through your word in the coming days? And would you guide and direct and show us how we can improve in our own relationships with you and with our family members and then with our neighbors and friends? And uh, I thank you for Doyle. I thank you for Jennifer. I thank you for their commitment to you. Blessings on them, I pray as well. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. 
Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray, to ask God to move in our world. So right now, Let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. Let's pray for joy today. I think we could use some joy. How about you? Let's pray for the joy of the Lord right now. Lord, we praise you today. Psalm 16 says that I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. Lord, I thank you that in the daytime and the nighttime, I can praise you and that you'll instruct me. And the the psalmist goes on to say that, that you You lead us in paths of righteousness and joy. And Lord, that's what we want today. The reason we praise you, the reason that we pray today, is we want you to pour into our hearts your joy. Lord, life can be busy. And we know that rejoicing and praising in you is what gives us more life to live this life. We don't want to live on our own, so we come before you today, and this is our prayer. Our prayer is that our joy would be made full, because that's what you prayed for us, Jesus, in the Gospel of John. You prayed that our joy would be full, and so we agree with you in prayer today. Fill us with joy. Help us to recognize the ways in which you are meeting our needs. Help us today to to recognize the way you're working and, and show us that even in the midst of life, that we are not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your joy is good. It it nourishes us. It strengthens us, and we feed on that. Lord, I thank you that as I read your word, I am told to pursue joy, to pursue you as the source of my joy, to trust you for my joy. And so right now, that's what we do. We say, Lord, give us our joy. Give us wisdom. Give us the ability to accept you and to walk in joy. You are our joy. You are our Savior. And it's in your name we gather and pray today. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. 
easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step.